This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Swindon Town. Part-time Pullen returns. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. Glad that you could finally make your acquaintance for once. <laughs> How way, man, <laughs> isn't it? <Oops. laughs> A lovely time in the old haunt of Newcastle upon Tyne. Although I, I have to admit, um, I haven't sipped the Saudi Kool Aid in terms of Newcastle United. Did you see the tifo they unfurled at the uh, at the game I went to last week? It was an absolutely mental tifo where I, it was a Sky Sports page, wasn't it? Where they it was, mm. yeah, as you say, they very much drank that Kool Aid. So. The Saudis' plan's already working, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, I, I listened to a previous pod where I think Terry feared I might be swayed to the dark side. Absolutely not the case. My toes were curling at that stage from my seats at St. James's Park. Although I will say what, what they don't talk about is they actually messed it up. So they had that bloody big screen, which was Sky Sports News, but they were supposed to have a rolling yellow ticker and they did the first one well the second one was supposed to be the next stage which i think was the journalist george colkin quote saying that it's back on and then we didn't even see the third one because the second one they got tangled up and they couldn't do it and then the third one they were too late and they also got tangled up so just goes to show 
mistakes happen even at the very top. Yeah, it's definitely good that, to know that not everything is going quite so well at Newcastle and that you aren't quite so easily swayed by sports washing. No, absolutely not. But a lovely time was had and then back to the reality of work. But it's good to be talking about Swindon Town. I missed... Well, it was a good weekend to miss, really, wasn't it? A bit of a stinker at Stevenage. We'll start straight away with that. Oh, it was a bit grim, that one, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, Quick cross version. I've just put an article on Total. I was waiting for some Scott Lindsay quotes, which tries to look at why we were quite so poor. But it was was branded by Scott Lindsay as our worst performance of the season. It was pretty stale. Uh, The last half hour, where I was just thinking, why am I still here? because the players were clearly also thinking that. But it was it was just not great all round. Stevenage looked pretty good at everything they try and do. They're you know, tough to break down, clinical on the counter. So credit to them for, for being an effective football team. But we were the opposite of effective that day at the Lamex Stadium. Lovely use of that. Um, what what Stevenage ever done for us? Tell me. Um Saxondale, the TV show's based there. Anything else? I don't know. I, I can't imagine there's too much on that list, to be honest. Exactly. Begone, foul beasts, and we'll see you at the county grounds at some point later in the season. So, Presser, Hodgetts, Leafield, Acklam. Here we go then. So, it's been, a, it's been a week of no football in midweek, which has been nice. It's gonna be, it's, it's getting to the busy season, isn't it? Because we have the game against Bristol Rovers on Tuesday. I'll be there. Can't wait. Then we have Hartlepool. And then we have Bradford on a blooming Tuesday. I only realised the other day that was a night game. Awful. Here we are. How are you feeling going into this this busy period of the season? Yeah, I know. I must say I was shocked when I looked at my calendar and when I realised I actually had to do my job. Uh, that was a bit of a rude awakening, but there's, there's a lot of games coming up. Um, it's it's then I mean, other than Bradford, the teams you list off aren't the best teams in the league. So hopefully, Swindon can get a bit of a run going and use the momentum. But it's it, it's going to be tough. We're we're going to see a lot more of the squad, I would imagine, in the next in the next couple of games because you know we've had some Tuesdays, but a lot of it's you know a full week in between games. But we're really getting into that busy period where football is is going to be happening a lot. We'll probably be speaking to each other quite often, Rich, I think is the main takeaway. Yep, I've got no annual leave left until Christmas, so I won't be disappearing anytime soon, so it'll definitely be me. But big thanks to JR for doing a splendid job. It's so nice to listen and, and listen to you guys and your hot takes. But the initial early stages of this presser were, of course, about the Stevenage game. You mentioned that Scott Lindsay said it was our worst performance of the season. And he was also asked about the lack of shots on goal, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. There were zero shots on target. So, you know, mm. it was it was clearly not a good day. They were, you know, he was, he was I think... Echoing somewhat of what the fans were saying afterwards, there was you know too much possession in easy place to defend. He was talking about how you know we had seventy percent of the ball, but that may as well have been the thirty percent that Stevenish had because we didn't do anything with it at the end of the day. There was there was a lack. Of, he identified a lack of composure in the way that we were playing. I think a lot of people feel like we were too patient, but watching the game, I was feeling that maybe at times we weren't patient enough because there was there was just a something going on in a lot of the players' minds where they felt they had to get that cross in early or take the shot on quite soon. So that was 
it was holding Swindon back that they couldn't really sustain attacks in the way they might like to have done. And so, yeah, Scott Lindsay was just he was just annoyed with how the game played out. But I think the idea is to move past it because he's talked about it as a bump in the road, which I think is probably the way the best way to look at it because it was just not a good day for anyone in, involved at Swindon. Um, and they they've you know they've looked at it, they've found figured out what they thought was wrong with it, and they're moving on. I think from their perspective, you absolutely have to see it as a bump in the road. A bit annoying that in the last couple of weeks, we've played teams that are well up there, um, having won a pretty reasonable portion of their fixtures, as opposed to the good result that we had against Leighton Orient, where it was still very early on in the season. And I mean, these are the sort of games that, it's not all the sort of games we want to win, we want to win every game, but maybe settle some of the nerves or some of the concerns that fans have about the way the season could go, be it in teams like who are up there this season, like Northampton, like Stevenage, would, would be lovely, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was two consecutive games on the Saturday against teams who had placed second in the league. So it was a real gauge of where Swindon were. And I think we all felt after Northampton that we didn't take our chances, but we were pretty close in that game. And then Stevenage comes in, you know, it's a bit of a rude awakening how far off maybe we were because they just nullified everything Swindon wanted to do. And you know, Scott Lindsay was asked about if they needed to change training because they didn't get that shot on, didn't even get a single shot on target. But he said that, well, they, they train for that stuff anyway. They're always working on their attacking actions and they're, they're just not, they just didn't perform on the day. And I think at League Two, especially, you're going to have these days where players don't turn up, they're not, they're not able to do the things that they would normally do, and that's disappointing. But you know, we're, I know when people don't like he, when he quotes the stats, but we're think uh, that that lovely stat that I said a few weeks ago: top for shots outside the box, second for shots total. But we're only tenth for goals at the moment. Which when we're what ninth, tenth in the league, we're about where we should be. I think he said only uh, there was only one team below us, Walsall, who have scored more goals than Swindon. So at this point in the in the season we're where we should be and we just need to get better <laughs> that's the long and short of it from Scott Lindsay's perspective yeah I'd agree with that and a perfect remedy for these conversations are back-to-back home games against struggling sides so first up then Colchester United having a rotten old time in League Two they started the season with Wayne Brown as their coach and now they have Matt Bloomfield who was at Ipswich and as a player, but spent almost all of his career at Wickham Wanderers, proper part of the furniture stuff. They currently lie in 20th, having won two games, drawn three and losing seven. They don't get tonked as a rule, though. They do seem to lose by the odd goal for the majority of the season. Crucially, though, for Swindon, they've only got one point on their travels during this campaign so far. So, initial thoughts on. Colchester from Scott Lindsay, if you don't mind. Yeah, Scott Lindsay was he was talking about the sort of difficulty of preparing for a team when they've switched manager. Um, you know, Bloomfield's had three games in charge, one of which was a, a JP, JPT PJT win over Charlton. So they clearly got Swinders' number already if they managed to beat them. <laughs> so it's it's sort of tough to know stylistically what they're about at this point because you just haven't seen enough football to determine it. So they're I think this is one of the. He always talks about focusing on what Swindon are doing first, but maybe that has to come a bit more because you. I mean, we're playing a struggling side here. Otherwise, they wouldn't have changed their manager. And 
we, we don't know necessarily what Chester or what Colchester are going to try and do. So it's it's about focusing on that first. But obviously they have watched the games and studied what what they've done so far. But you don't necessarily know. And of course, those two wins you mentioned, one of them was last weekend against Harrogate. So if if there is a bad point to play Colchester so far this season, this might be it. <laughs> yeah, their other game that they won was way back in August at home to Bradford City. And that was a late, late, late 97th minute winner. And it's it's quite hard really to, to gauge that victory last week against Harrogate because Harrogate in absolute free fall at the moment, aren't they? So it's tricky either way. Yeah, but ever uh, was it Andrew Hawes that tweeted out the um, that the team every team who played Swindon had been god awful since, and Harrogate <laughs> obviously played us first, so they've been terrible for quite some time. So that does make it tough because he, he he definitely said one of Johnny Leefield's questions that um, as you go up when my blog does come in, he was talking about you know do you believe in the new manager bounce? And he says that he does because. Obviously, these players are playing playing for the manager's effect, early affections at this point, and you just, as I said, you know, you you just don't know necessarily what Colchester are going to be like because that it doesn't it, it doesn't exist. What they haven't put it on film yet, so they could come out and do any number of things with their players. They do have you know, some good experienced players like you know, um what all the exit switch lads they've got there, and then also <laughs> Noah Chilvers, who's one of the top young players in the FL, and is, of course, a former Roman. So uh, I've seen him play, and he is quite good. There it is. There it is. Yeah, they've got, like you said, they've got it, their transfer business over the summer was very lukewarm. And I think they are, other than Kieran O'Hara, the goalkeeper coming up, who used to be quite a prospect, capped by the Republic of Ireland. But since he moved to, to Burton and then, Colchester's really not been working out for him, but they've got Cole Scoos, Kwesi Appiah, Tommy Smith. I can't believe Tommy Smith is still only 32 years old. He seems to be around forever, the former Ipswich and uh, New Zealand international and then Luke Chambers. So they've got they've got plenty. Hughes, the, the former Welsh in, international, and Frank Nuble, Noble. What is it? Is it Frank Nuble or Noble? It's got, I don't know. I believe it's Nuble. Yeah, we'll go Nuble. So they've got the names. Alan Judge, Freddie Sears, like it's like a proper retro EFL tidy team, but for the second year in a row, they just cannot get the results. Well, yeah, even if you look back when Twinder were in League One, Alan Judge completely tore his well, I mean we won the game, but Alan Judge was fantastic against Swindon for Ipswich. So he's a a player who very recently has been very good, and Freddie Sears has a long track record of being an EF a star at EFL level. So They've definitely got the names in there, but for the last two seasons, they've been you know, pretty rubbish and on a bit of a downward spiral. I remember listening to, uh, you know, the the EFL preview podcast, and all of them seem pretty convinced that Colchester would be where they are right now because yeah. this is just a team trending in the wrong direction and have been ever since uh, Swindon Town uh, legend McGreal left. It's Swindon Town. Well, in case it's Colchester United, so is it, do you think? And we're going off piece a little bit here. Do you think that it's it's very easy? I mean, if I was going this weekend, I'm I'm not going this weekend. Sadly, I've got well, it's not sad because I've got my daughter's a got a little performance that I'm going to. But if if I'm going to Swindon this weekend, I am strutting into that county ground fully expecting a win. And Swindon have to ensure that that happens, don't they? And 
you know, you look at their form and maybe maybe their win last week serves as a reminder that they can scrape results if they want to. We, I guess we got we, we got to be cautious, but still just play our own game. But I, I guess I prefer it when we play the better sides in the division because then we'll give them a go and we'll see how it goes. But I, I always worry when we're playing the worst teams because if we don't get a result, it can it can go quite toxic quite quickly. Yeah, I have a feeling this game will probably play out a bit like the Gillingham one, where we're going to see quite a lot of defending from Colchester. But yeah, I think we do have to bear in mind Swindon's two previous defeats. They bounced back straight away and got a draw and a win in those two games. So there's there's clearly that mentality within this squad that um, Scott Lindsay talked about it a week or two weeks ago, where you know the the senior players in this squad really drive everyone else forwards when standards slip or when they need to get a result. So you like to think that Swindon will be really up for this one because they need to, you know, they need to put something be- better on on the board than what happened last weekend. Because there's a classic: you're only as good as your last performance, and if you're only as, as that good, then Swindon are getting relegated. <laughs> oh no, that's enough of that. That's absolutely not happening. The churn, the churn was discussed with Scott Lindsay. What's the churn? It's all about churn. Um, I think it was to do with obviously the last time we played against Colchester, which was. I, I I was there, and it was just a lovely day of uh, conceding in the last minute to nine men. But um, it's all about how you know when in from that game. I think there's only a handful of players who would have started that game in uh, one of Clapham and Williams and all that sort of thing. So obviously, it's another t- chance for Scott Lindsay to bring out his classic Lindsaysms of you know of but it Lindsaysms, but they are obviously very valid points that this is a very you know, young team from Swindon and they're, they are still progressing and they've, he was talking about, you know, talk, uh, they've, they've gone through that last game, they've debriefed it pretty heavily and I think made pr- made it pretty clear to the squad what they need to improve on because they've been well, probably working even harder on those attacking routines all week because cause they just they just need to get, get a shot on target. It's a bit like that run of games under Sheridan where I think it was three or four games without a shot on target when you're just thinking just get one early doors and then we'll go from there and that's that's you know that's what they're looking to do really three players who started that game at Colchester in January 2022 are still at the club just three um can you name the three players some are still at the club but they didn't start who are they Williams Gladwin Baudry Baudry didn't play. Gladwin didn't start. Williams did start. Um, Louis Reed, obviously. Of course. And um, also be would Iandolo have played that game or was he injured? It certainly was Iandolo. Yeah, there's your three, and Gladwin came on, and so did Aguilar. But God, oh, it, it's just such a turnaround. It's such a shame, and this is why fans are like, well, it's progress, you know, that we're playing teams like Northampton, they're going to win. And last year, we weren't losing to these teams. But because of this turnaround of squad, it, it does have that feeling of starting again where it shouldn't. It's so frustrating. Yeah, well, we were that close, weren't we? And you just want, you just want something to stay the same for once, but that didn't happen. We've we've got the squad that we got and overall, I'm pretty happy with the way things have gone. And there, there are clear progressions are on the way, so I think Scott Lindsay's football is getting more interesting as it goes along from my perspective watching it. So they're going in the right direction, but you would just like to have seen you know, at least half of that team to have stuck around to try and get his promotion again. 
Mm, okay. Well, fingers crossed. Injuries. What's happening here? Well, it's, it's pretty good news on the injury front. We're, we're down to just two, really, in the, the two long-term ones. And Angus McDonald, who has finally met with his consultant, and they've gone through it. And uh, Lindsay took us through uh, the uh, the process. They're letting him settle. He's not going to have surgery. Well, at least that wasn't mentioned, but he's... Uh, no, he's letting letting the um, dislocation settle for a bit, and then he'll get an, an injection, which will help his rehab. And, but after he gets that, they're going to have to let it set, that settle down again, and then he can really get into it. So they're looking at eight to twelve weeks. But as as was the case with Rashan Hepburn Murphy, Scott Lindsay trusts Angus McDonald as a player and a character in the Swindon medical staff that potentially that could be a little bit quicker, but. You know, McDonald's, we're pretty much without till the Christmas period at the earliest, most likely. But the positive news would be to, uh, Tommy Adeloy is back in full training. He's not going to be playing mm-hmm. at the weekend and is only good for about 20 minutes against Bristol Rovers. So, Rich, you'll be, you'll be getting to see the delights of Adeloy on at the end there. Hopefully he, can, hopefully he can live up to our pre-Crystal Palace predictions of what he might do. Um, <laughs> oh no! Um, was that no appearance, that was, um, no goals? Yeah, it was. It was slightly less than we both. I think off. more hoped than expected. To be fair, yeah. Um, I, well, you know, Hepburn Murphy came on and, and scored a, a fortunate goal. A bit of that for Adeloy won't go amiss. Yeah, hopefully we'll have a motivated Keen Harry's on the pitch to help him out. So um, he's going to get sent off after twenty minutes, <laughs> isn't he? Quite possibly, but um, yeah, and then while while being goaded by five hundred attending uh, uh, Bristol Rovers fans, um, I'm sure that will spur him on. He, he's definitely one to take adversity. But with the, I mean, there were knocks to Johnny Williams and Jacob Wakeling, oh. which were referenced after Stevenage, which is you know when they came off. There was a bit of, I think Wakeling said he had a bit of a tight thigh or something like that. So, but both of them are good to go. They they were been in. They had. Slower starts the week in training just to ease them back in to stuff, but um, they're ready to go. But on uh, Johnny Williams, quick aside, um, there was an absolutely colossal, by colossal I mean about five or six people from the Welsh FA at the County Ground today who were doing a, a piece with Johnny Williams ahead of the World Cup. So that seems like a He's good going. sign for him. He's going. He's on the plane. Um, there's no way, injury aside, there's absolutely no way he's at risk. At all. He's been there since the dawn of time. The guy is going to the World Cup. Please, for goodness sake, stay fit because it will be heartbreaking if he was to miss out. But that's great, isn't it? That's nice. Swindon Town, we're going to the we're going to the big show again. Yeah, we wouldn't just be represented by an England flag behind the goal. We're gonna have an actual player there, most likely on the bench. But we can we can see what happens to the the knees of Brennan Johnson and Dan James in the weeks prior. We appreciate the flag with Swindon behind the goal. Big shout out to the time where we had a penalty shootout. I can't remember which one. We lost it. There was a picture of Owen Hargreaves scoring his one. I don't think many others scored. And in the background was the Swindon flag. And I was like, yes, lovely. What would that be in 2006? Would, would that be Gaussian Kirschen against Portugal? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Ah, oh, the memories. Okay. Um, FA Cup was discussed. We're at that time of the year again. And um, when is that draw? That's uh, going to be Monday. It's the fourth qualifying yeah. round this weekend. I've been uh, previewing some stuff today with South West London sides that I cover in my other job. But um, Swindon will, will find out their um, opponent, I imagine, briefly before. Uh, we speak to Scott Lindsay on Monday ahead of Bristol Rovers. So 
that's that's coming up. And they were asking uh, Sean Hodges, decided to ask Scott Lindsay about um, you know the effect of last season, which I I hope Scott Lindsay knows was very much not the rule for Swindon Town's FA Cup campaigns, but it was great fun. Um, and <laughs> uh, he was obviously very much enjoyed that that ride because, well, we played Man City and that was awesome. We And because of illness, we got to play the Man City first team. Um, <laughs> but but it, was, it, was, it was great. And Scott Lindsay obviously wants to try and replicate that as much as he can this season. Uh, hopefully yes. don't draw Macclesfield. No, no, thank you. But we'll get loads of coverage. That'll be televised if... Uh, if we get Macclesfield um, due to their Robbie Savage links. Anyone at home, please. Um, I need to know that because I have provisional plans. So I need to know if it's going to be Saturday or Sunday. Uh, <laughs> so please, nice um, nice draw, no humiliation, um, no one in the league. I, I do want non-league in the first round. None of this none of this League 1, League 2 nonsense, please. Oh, absolutely. I don't want any League 2 teams. You see enough of them on, on a normal basis. Exactly. Um, yeah, a, a nice TV game for you. Move to the Sunday might work then, Rich. Yes, absolutely. I, I think my plans can can be Saturday or Sunday, but I just want to lock those in quite selfishly. But yeah, FA Cup, lovely. Nice distraction. Uh, look forward to that. Of course, it will be away in the Northwest, um, knowing my luck. Never mind. Right, next one. Another slight um, tangent from the weekend's game. Scotland Z was asked about Swindon Town women. Of course, the great news this week is that the women will play at the county ground immediately after Hartlepool United play the men, which is great news, isn't it? What, what was discussed here? Yeah, it was just that um, I, th- I think you've been giving us talking points beforehand, but it was you no know, talking about the it's a pretty momentous thing, as Scott Lindsay says. It's a it's a bit of history. I don't believe it's happened before. Obviously, the women's team just come fully under the wing of the men's side uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think. And after the Hartlepool game, we'll be playing uh, in the FA Cup third qualifying round straight afterwards, the women's side. So uh, he said that him and the players should be, because they're around, they'll definitely stick around and watch the game. Hopefully a lot of the fans will as well, because you're already there. Yes, uh, a few concerns in my head about that. Like, if the the men's game doesn't go to plan or the weather is horrific, I do hope as many people as possible do stick around. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, I can get everything done for for the for the preceding game ahead of it starting. And can watch along afterwards. Yeah. Uh, next question: Scott Lindsay was asked about new manager challenges. Yeah, this is the bit about um, the new manager bounce that uh, he was talking about earlier about how it's a bit more difficult facing someone who you haven't, uh, you, as I say, you don't have as much film to watch about because the Colchester team, the previous manager isn't necessarily representative of the new one. It would be a bit strange if someone got sacked and the new guy let, went, let's keep doing the same stuff. So uh, there's we're going to see a change and it's about, you know, us Swindon taking out any hope from the, the Colchester players as quickly as possible and making it not really matter that there's someone new that you haven't really been able to prepare for as much in the opposition dugout. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the new manager bounce is as effective as people think. I think it's one of those things that it's highlighted when it's happening, um, but when it doesn't, nobody, nobody says, well, no new manager bounce. Maybe Jeff Stelling might say that on the side um, doing his 
TV gig, but I, I think it's only really magnified when we see those really significant cases of it. Yeah, I don't know that it's necessarily a significant thing, but I think there is merit in, you know, all the players having a new chance. There's a bit of renewed vigour yeah. in the squad. And then Scott Lindsay was talking about, you know, teams aren't quite as aware of what they're going to be doing or quite as familiar because you'd either have to watch a different team to see how a manager will play and then a very limited number of games. So I think in the opening few weeks, maybe there's something to it. But I think, yeah, as you say, new manager bounce is very much quite a selective phenomenon. Yeah, and squad-wise, let's hope Dino at Burton doesn't uh, get a lot, <laughs> doesn't want Blake Tracy back. Yeah, hopefully not. We would We would quite like to keep him. Yeah. Okay. Um, next question before we get to your efforts, not losing back to back. Yeah. Nobody wants that, do they? But Colchester, they've, they've got to be confident. Yeah. I think there is confidence. Obviously, as I referenced earlier of that record of when Swindon have lost a league match, the next one hasn't been a second consecutive defeat. We've not done that yet. Hopefully not to jinx things too much, but you know, Swindon have been very good at getting back in and you know, the, as, as Scott Lindsay is partial to do, he talked about uh, he was really pleased when he walked in on the Monday and the atmosphere around the squad and how everyone very much seemed to be ready to go for this week. And they've had that a little bit of up, of up in the performance and training. He's just been very, very happy with how the week's gone. So I think there is definitely confidence that they will be able to go back to back, uh, not go back to back rather. Yes, indeed. Um, shall we listen to your questions? Let's listen to them. Would you like some stats? <laughs> that's your favourite part. Oh, go on then. What um, you got for me? It was. It was just because I noticed whilst watching the Stevenage game, I was in the away end and felt like there was a lot of crossing, but not many that were connecting. So I looked at when it was, and it was it was twenty eight, and you Matt found the player. It's thirty box entries against their twenty three. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you so you've missed stats, like you said. But, but with that count, dribbles. Sorry. Yeah, dribbles go into uh, box entries. Could be twenty eight. But, but with a cross, it was you picked out a player twice, and then I thought I looked at uh, Romeo Hutton, and he in the last five games attempted forty one crosses and found this winning player twice. So it feels like maybe there's a bit of being too eager to put the ball in in situations where you maybe aren't going to win them. Do you feel like you need to try and work that ball a little bit more than you have been doing? Well, one hundred percent, definitely. Have you been watching our training sessions this week? <laughs> No. But definitely, yeah. We, we, we have been, certainly Romeo's been, um, got himself in positions where he's crossed from real deep areas when we've actually worked um, really closely with him this week about trying to work the ball into areas where we, what we call crossing areas. Um, we don't want to just shovel the ball in from a deep area and hope that Jeffcott gets on the end of it when there's three oak trees in there with him. We want to try and manoeuvre the ball in a manner where we're sliding the ball across the face of the goal for Jeffcott to get on the end of or pulling one back, you know, from a from a tight angle where you saw the Grimsby goal where Glads pulls one back for for Darcy to score, you know, them sort of balls are kind of more um more likely to score as more goals rather than just shoveling it in from a deep position. So yeah, you're dead right. And that, that is kind of the area that we we need to improve on for sure. And and down the left side as well, you know we see Romeo cross a lot of balls and we don't see as many balls crossed on the left um, but we need to improve on that but we also need to improve on getting it into better areas to put it in the box. Yeah, I think it's Blake Tracy also not completed any in the last game. So I looked at it. But, um, and then you had 
Um, Iandolo in the last two games has come on on the left wing. Is that out of necessity, or do you see that as a as a good position for him? I think it's a good position for him. I think he, he offers real energy. He's not frightened to put the ball in. He's not frightened to run with the ball. He's not frightened to make things happen. He's not frightened to shoot. Um, I see Ellis as a real attacking threat for us. You know, I know he can play in a number of positions. He can play as a number eight. He could potentially play as a number four deep midfielder. He could play as a left back. Um, he plays a left wing back if we play a back three. But I see him as an attacking threat. I always have done. Yeah. You know. Will you continue to play him as a left winger or will you move him about where he's needed? I think that horses for courses. I think different games kind of churn different scenarios up. Um, and I, I just felt that with Ellis coming on the pitch on Saturday, I felt that he could potentially give us something that we, we lacked. Um, you know, and, and that was my thought process. That's all for me. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Joe, you're getting yourself a reputation. Joe, the stat man, Aklam, you're getting you're getting a universal laugh when you unleash the stats. Yeah, we've um, after he confronted me last week, I thought we'll bear up, bear face it straight off the bat. But I I didn't necessarily want to ask about the stats this week. I actually had quite a, a couple of questions that that intrigued me. But as I referenced earlier, the article I was writing about the Stevenage performance, I would quite I quite wanted some quotes from. Scott Linty. So I, I quoted him the stats that had begun my um, my uh, deep dive into that game, and so I could get his his thoughts on that to put in. And thankfully, pretty much entirely agrees with the uh, conclusions that I had drawn. Great, that, and that's that's all you want at the end of the day. <laughs> well, I wanted a big verbal pat on the back, and possibly a physical one <laughs> as well. But uh, the second one didn't appear. It is really nice listening to the press conferences, having listened to a few managers now and that, that just isn't that hostility is there um, and he's beginning to relax a lot more and trust his audience and those who are asking him questions isn't he yeah I think he's definitely growing into it we've said early doors that there was a lot of um you know batting it straight away type uh, type answers but I think we all get on very well with with Scott Lindsay we are uh, straight after we usually have a quite a long chat. We had one. I felt a bit for Saidu Khan because he was kind of having to sat, sit there whilst we were having a chat with Scott Lindsay afterwards. And yeah, it's, I think he's he's going well. I heard Johnny Neefield say he, he thinks he's um the best Swindon manager that he's worked with in terms of uh, working with the press. And it's he's just very very nice and amiable to talk to. Really, I, I have no complaints in my first uh, my first manager as head of Total. Yeah. Nice. That's very nice. Um, Iandolo was was the focus of your questioning. Was there any reason for that? Well, it was just uh, he'd come on in the last two games about playing on the on the left wing. So I was wondering if, which I think is one of very few positions he might not have actually played for Swindon before. Obviously, he's played centre back, left back, left wing back, holding midfield, and a more advanced midfield role. So he's played he's played in most of the positions at this point. But Scott Lindsay, who um, as we all know was the man who signed him for Swindon's youth team in the first place, um, has has deployed him in, in a different one. So I was interested to know what, what the feeling was there. And obviously there was the discussion of Iandolo's versatility, but I want, I was interested to see if he thought this was maybe his position after quite a while of Iandolo trying to find it. But obviously, um, or, you know, one of his horses for courses type things, but it does seem that he he likes Iandolo in this role. And I think maybe Swindon did need a bit a bit of cover in that left wing spot, especially with, 
the absence of Rashawn Hepburn Murphy, you lose a forward there and you've only really got Williams unless you play Shade in as well. But just having that extra winger, I think, helps. And obviously, Yandelo being able to shuttle around basically the entire uh, entire team. At one point, he's got to play in goal. Um, then that's quite quite a good bit of use. So I was just, just trying to find that out, really. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. Um, Saidu Khan, as you said, was the was the player who joined in on the presser fun. Sound like a perfectly lovely bloke. Yeah, he was very nice. Um, and so he didn't know uh, that Marlborough is twinned with somewhere in Gambia, which I, which I learned as well. Um, so I, I assume he's going to be checking that out in the next few days. But he was uh, he was very nice to speak to. So it was a um, good mix of uh, footballer answers and some quite good chat about um, his own and the team's play, which which was good. I, when we go through these sort of questions, they are they are what they are, aren't they? So he was asked about the current mood uh, within the squad, um, and of course, you get the you get the answers you expect, don't you? Yeah, I think that question's always going to get a variation on the same answer, but. Is is again what I would like to see. It's, I would think we need to keep asking it just in case a player says, "Yeah, we all hate each other." Uh, Angus McDonald yesterday was swinging for Tom Clayton's head, uh, just just in case that comes up. But no, he was he gave you a football answer. But um, I thought it was interesting that he had that self reflection that having seen the game back, he felt at the time against Stevenage that he was playing well. But then watching the game back, he was he was disappointed with how he was playing, having seen it again. So there was that little bit of, I think maybe you don't necessarily know if they, they would change their opinion like that, but he was disappointed with the way he and the team were giving the ball away early on and that. So there's, there's clearly been some learning done and they're thinking introspectively about the performances a lot, which is which is very positive to see. Yeah, well, what, what do you say about his position? Because he was asked about where he, he, he plays, wasn't he? Yeah, he said he came through as a younger player. He was always a, a holding midfielder. But then when he moved to and at Mason at Chesterfield, he got played higher up. And um, actually, in in the bit um, in in between the interviews, Scott Lindsay uh, said that Saidu Khan was killing him because he hasn't actually scored a goal yet. It's when he scored seven last season. So um, when he was playing in that more advanced role, he has got that eye for goal. But he's certainly very comfortable playing deeper, which he was asked to do at the weekend and at Grimsby in uh, Louis Reed's absence. Um, how's he finding life at the county ground? I think he's enjoying. It. He's uh, sounds like there's a there's a good group of guys going on um, uh, with amongst the squad, and um, apparently there's quite a, a somewhat of a Gambian community in Swindon as well. So he's he's enjoyed settling in 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 that way, and he he very much enjoys playing at the county ground as well. Cool, 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 cool. Um, and um, before we get to your questions, he was asked about being close to suspension, for which he's not the only one. If they get booked on, say, if Louis Reed, for example, got booked on Saturday, does he miss Bristol Rovers or does it roll over to Hartlepool? I think it would roll over to league games. Red cards wouldn't do, right, as we, we saw go. with Harry McCurdy earlier in the season. But uh, I think if yes. you get a multiple booking suspension, that would be same competition. I was going to say because there'll be yellow cards on Saturday <laughs> if that was the case, wasn't there? Yeah, so he was asked about asked about that. I mean, what, what, what can a player say at this stage? Well, I thought it was quite an interesting answer. The most interesting bit, though, was afterwards when um, it turned out that Saidi Khan, in fact, was not close to a suspension. He was on two yellow cards. Uh, Johnny, for whatever reason, thought he was on four. 
So um, he, that that bit was um, Saidi Khan indeed was surprised to hear that he was close to a suspension because he didn't know that either, and he wasn't. So you know, good, nice one. But um, it was it was nice to hear him talk about. You know, there's there's not something that as a player you would think about is you know if I get that booking then that's me out for two games or what have you. He was very much talking about he he is a player and players generally would need to you know play in the moment because if you are thinking about it you might pull out of a tackle and that could cost the team more than if you were suspended from the start of a game. So it's very much you know play as you normally would because uh because that because otherwise you will you will play worse and that's. That's a very good way of looking at it. It really is. Let's, let's listen to your audio. Yay. <laughs> How have you found playing in League Two so far in comparison to being with Chesterfield and Maidstone in the National League? Um, it's, a, it's a bit different. I feel like there's a little bit more quality. The National League has it's improved a lot. There's a lot of good teams there, but for me, it's just football. That's how I see it. I don't matter what, what league I'm in, could be playing in Bostick or League Two, I just play for 11 v 11, innit? I just enjoy it and play. Yeah. yeah. And then, once you said that you're happy to play in a midfield, what are the different challenges that come with playing deeper or playing a bit higher up? What does that change in how you play? I think that they're a bit different. When you're playing higher up on the pitch, you've got to score goals, create chances, and you've got to trust your defence and your holding midfielder to get you on the ball, which we do really well. Um, when you're playing in the holding position, you've got to be more aware of your surroundings. You can't really afford to make mistakes as you would in the eight because it will cost you goals. Um, you've got to be able to sense danger and close it down quick. And you've got to be comfortable to get the ball. Because if you don't get the ball, like we, we play football. If I don't get the ball when I'm playing defensive mid, the team's not going to play. So I've, I've got to be the link between the defence and the forward men. Yeah, that's all for me. Thanks, Heidi. There we have it. So it's yeah, I kind of liked his response in relation to the step up to the football league. Yeah, I liked it. it was It was nice to know that, that there is a gap between league, uh, the National League and League Two. But um, I, as, as I was saying to you beforehand, my favourite part of this answer was easily the bit where he just goes, football's football, really. Football's it's, football. It's 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 all a game. There's there's not a different. Well, there is a different ball, I suppose, but it's all the same rough shape. So get on with it. <laughs> he can't really change it. He's he's good enough to play at this level, so uh, he doesn't really have to think about the national league too much anymore. Yeah, yeah. Football's football. But is he going to start this weekend against Colchester, or is Reed, who had a weekend off, going to return? What do you think? And is there any concern? that Reed has uh, been dropped to the bench and isn't coming on. Well, I must say, I was incredibly surprised that Louis Reed was dropped to the bench. I know there's that little bit of added physicality with Saidu Khan, but as far as I'm concerned, if Louis Reed's fit, Louis Reed plays. He's just that good. Um, and it was it was obviously to, to counter what Stevenage did and didn't necessarily work so much. So I would, I would, I mean, as much as I like Saidu Khan, I would like him to be in the team in some way, but I think, Louis Reed has to start because if Swindon, because he's just so key to Swindon keeping the tempo up, and it doesn't matter how physical a team is or isn't, the the way Swindon are going to beat them is by passing round them, and Louis Reed is just so pivotal to that. Yes, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't think there's need for wholesale changes 
over the weekend in comparison to the lineup that was announced against Stevenage, but that will be the one that I think most fans will be looking at. Yeah, I don't think Scotland will react that much. I think we will see at most two sub two changes from that lineup, and Louis Reed is probably one of them. I would I would be very surprised. This team has has performed well for Scotland so far. And it would it wouldn't really make sense to to try and change that too much off the back of one result that they largely see as an aberration. This 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 team has definitely got more in it than they showed, and I I would imagine he keeps faith with the vast majority of them. I'm going two nil, clean sheet and two goals. What are you going for? I'll tell you what, Rich, I'm I think you're dangerously confident about this mm. game. So which is why I think we might get punched in the mouth and draw one one. No, Joe. I got it right last no. week, so hopefully I don't do that again. I don't go back to back. Yeah, well, yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> well, well, there we go. Um, one bit of news today that Harry Parsons has returned. Yes, it was slightly interesting. I think he had he he got a suspension for Banbury, didn't he? So I think he was a little bit out of the lineup. It was, I think, it was he's come back, but obviously it was a one month loan anyway. It's just Banbury haven't extended it it seemed like he was doing okay I think he's got uh, one or two goals and he's got some assists so it felt like he was playing fine but obviously there wasn't necessarily that interest in keeping him on after the suspension hopefully Swindon can find someone else maybe just send him back to Chippenham or as I'm always um, marketing for Bath City to get these players but their strikers are doing quite well so maybe not it's not really popping really for the lone players in non-league this year so far granted not many have gone out but you want them to make quite an impact I know Harry scored a couple goals but didn't feel like he was getting as much game time as maybe Swindon would have wanted he was coming off the bench a fair bit early on it's not clicking really it's a shame yeah we're not having that um obviously Scott Twine uh, both Newport and Chippenham and then Dabre and um Harry Parsons and Ricky Aguiar all last season did very well with the Bluebirds so we just not had it so far I'm, I'm surprised because I've been no, I think the players that have got out on loan, I've been generally pretty impressed with when they have played with the Swindon first team. It's just not working for whatever reason. Hopefully they can find a better fit for these guys soon and and they will start to perform because there's definitely a lot of a lot of talent that's gone out there. Scott pa- Harry Parsons has done well at that level before, Modabra the same. Um, you know, I've been very impressed with Harrison Minton and George Calmeadow quite a lot. Oscar Massey didn't get the breaks. Um Hopefully that changes soon and we do start to see that players tearing it up at step at tier six. But yeah, as you say, it's just it's just been a bit of a strange one for those guys. Oh, it happens, doesn't it? But um here's hoping oh, I hope to see quite a few of them at Bristol Rovers, which will be the next conversation we have. So until then, Joe, thank you very much. Speak to you later. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hello, bubble. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. 
If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.